Hello and welcome to the Huddersfield Town Preview Show in association with Sportsbroker. I'm joined today by Lewis O'Brien and Ali Maxwell. How are you two both doing? I'm, I'm doing, doing well, well Lewis. Lewis. All good? Yeah, I'm good. Excellent, excellent. Lewis, before we get going, if you people can see your face quite clearly, so if you just want to explain what you're doing with the moustache on your face for November, that would be <laughs> a, a good place to start, I think. <laughs> yeah, so obviously a few of the lads and a few of the coaching staff have gone together to um, to have moustaches from November, so throughout this whole month we'll go have um, some silly looking things on our face, but it's all going to a good cause. Yeah, there's a we've we've tweeted out previously a, a link and people can find it on your social medias as well if they want to to donate if they can to, to the cause. Is, uh, which is, is, is that why is that why when I watched the highlights from the Peterborough game, I made a note that Danny Ward currently looks like an Australian fast bowler. Yes, that I think his is a lot better than mine, and some of the coaching staffs are outstanding. So yeah, they're um, they're only going to get worse for all the month. <laughs> Australian fast bowlers are a great shout. For me personally, I thought he might look like he's in Sons of Anarchy or something like that, especially with the longer hair <laughs> at the minute. Um, but his is his is absolutely fantastic. But if we uh, if we park that for a minute and, uh, and and speak about football, which is what we're here for, rather than moustache analysis, that's Lewis's other podcast, I think. Um, we'll um, have a look at back at, at Tuesday night, Lewis. Um, Carlos said after the game that he, he was disappointed having gone into the lead. But it was a, a, another strong performance and point on the road, which you know we can't turn our nose up at. What was the the mood in the dressing room like? Were we was it disappointed the same way the head coach was? Yeah, obviously we've set our standards very high for the season so far, and for us to go in the lead uh, away at Peterborough and then for us to concede and, and only get one point out of what we thought we should have got three, um, we were all frustrated and disappointed with. How, how we played as a team and how the result ended up, really. Yeah, it, was, it seemed as if we, we were well on top in the first half. Obviously, Hoggy had to, had to come off injured at, at half-time and, and the second half was a bit more even. Was it one of those where we could have perhaps scored earlier and, and had we scored earlier, it might have been more like the Blackpool game where we won by two or three, maybe? Yeah, there's always ifs and buts in, in every football game. But, I mean, you look at... Um, the stats of Peterborough at home and the teams that have played, and not many, not many uh, teams go there and get a result. So yeah. I think Bournemouth even even went there and didn't score. So for us to get uh, get a goal and unfortunately only get a point from it, I mean we are disappointed. But you've got to look at the positives that we did get a point out of out of everything. Yeah, I think that's a great point well made, Lewis, and um, I think that's only only fair to to reflect on as well. And I think it's. Um, in the context of everything, perhaps with a couple of days away from it, that disappointment of conceding late maybe ebbs away a little bit. Ali, for, for you, especially, you know, with doing the Not The Top 20 podcast and everything like that, the championship is always called this league where everyone can get a result from each other. Is is the fact that somebody like Peterborough, who are, who are towards the, the bottom end of the division, the opposite end of the table towards, the fact that they are so hard to beat at home and stuff, is that just indicative of, of how hard the division is? Yeah, I think so. I think the other thing to point out is that although Peterborough might be not part of this group of teams, it's a pretty ridiculous league at the moment. You know, take out the the very two at the top in Bournemouth and Fulham who are who are looking so strong, but you've got six points separating sixteen teams from fifth downwards, and that's pretty. You know, we are still early on in the season, but but even at this stage, that is 
unusually close. And I think that's why focusing on on a club's league position as some sort of indicator of, of how good they are or how tough an opposition they are is is probably going to be a you know your first mistake if if you're a fan looking at the team you're playing against. Well, you might be in, in seventh place. They might be in 15th place. There's probably only um, three points between you. Uh, and even stuff at this stage, like you might have played a game at home more than them. There's so little between teams. And, and on top of that, you have a side like Peterborough. And we might see this with Barnsley. And we might see this with Cardiff. Any team that goes through a, a prolonged bad spell, you know, those rarely last for you know, no team loses every game for 10, 15, 20 games, right? So if you're playing a team that's in 22nd because they've started the season poorly, the chances are in football, they're probably going to start putting in some better performances now, whether that comes through a change of manager, a change of formation and tactics, whatever it might be. Teams are rarely very, very poor consistently through 46 games. So definitely the old cliche that there's no easy game in the league um, holds true at the moment. Is that something that sort of reflected in the analysis you guys do, Lewis. I know you guys obviously prepare the same way for every team and take everybody as seriously as, as the next team, but the fact that the division's so tight and it is so competitive, is that stuff that you guys are acutely aware of when you're doing your prep and doing your training and your meetings? Yeah, I mean, like you both said, anyone can beat anyone in this league and I think you've just got to take every game as they come and think that every team is the best team that you're going to face and go into the game ready for a battle, ready for a challenge and hopefully overcome that. But you've got to go into every game thinking that they are the best team in the league and they're going to be the best team you're going to face so you can be ready for everything that gets thrown at you. Bournemouth um, lost the other night for the first time as well. So it's it's one of those where mm. you know, even those positive records towards the top of the league, you don't know now if they're going to go on a, a run of losing two or three because as soon as momentum goes, it's not as if there's a lot of time between matches. Mm. For you, Ali, when you, you look at a team like Town, we've obviously started this, this season a lot more positively than we have done for a few years and seem to have sort of really found our feet with the, the squad we have and, and the, the manager a year in. What about the, the team for you is is been behind this form and behind our, our current league position and everything? Well, I think certainly compared to last season, there are, there are a few things that are very clearly going better uh, this season. Some of them are, are on the pitch and some of them, well, one of the key ones has to be that, uh, albeit no team is unaffected by injuries, it feels like Town last season were constantly up against it in the treatment room. And I can only imagine how frustrating that is, both for the individual players themselves, the squad as a whole, uh, and of course for, for, the, for the head coach too and his staff. So that was clearly holding you guys back uh, last season. It's the same for a lot of clubs who struggle with the the intensity of the schedule. Uh, this season, there are some teams who are having a horrendous time of it. Reading at the moment, already with quite a thin squad after a transfer embargo over the summer, and probably eight first-team injuries. Their whole bench at the moment is an under-23s bench. So um, I, I feel like, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm sure there have been knocks picked up here and there. You guys are in pretty good health in general. That's always going to make a big difference. And fair play for, for Carlos Corbran, who didn't make too many excuses last season, even when he probably could have. Certainly the addition of the set-piece threat is something that was... Uh, we didn't see coming, right? So uh, I think I'm right in saying that it's 10 goals from set pieces, nine goals from open play. It's pretty rare for a team to score more from set plays from open play. We were talking about it on the podcast on Monday and discussing whether 
you know, sometimes when a team improves that much uh, in that area of the game, it could be that there's a new coach that's been hired who specifically works on these, or it could be just a case of Sorba Thomas having the best delivery in the world and probably even better than someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold. And with the whip and dip that he gets and the trajectory with the, the new defenders who are attacking the ball so well up from the back, um, maybe that's that's the uh, the case. So I'm interested to know if there's a uh, some specialist set-piece coach involved or whether it's uh, mostly all about Sorba. Lewis, can you shed some light on the uh, the town set-pieces for us? Nah, see, he's our coach. He's, um, he's very dedicated to the set pieces and I don't think he overcomplicates what we're doing from set pieces and it's very easy for everyone to understand that I mean like you said Ali we've got players now that want to attack the ball I think last year I was in the box and at five for eight I'm not I'm not the biggest to go in a header and now you've got three four five people aggressively attacking the ball and let, let the players do what they're good at and it seems to be working. I would just say what one more thing on that front is and the third thing I was going to mention is, um, and, and you know, I, I don't mean to criticise at all, but we have to analyse team strengths and weaknesses. And last season, uh, I really felt that it, it was it was difficult to trust Town to to keep a clean sheet. It was difficult to put it this way: there were a lot of teams in the league who seemed a little bit more solid. And so, even though I really enjoyed the style of play right from the start of the season, I know that got disrupted a little bit by injuries. I really enjoy watching Carlos's team play. I like listening to, to him talk about the game in his press conferences. Um, uh, I think he's an, a, a brilliant uh, head coach in this league and and a welcome addition to it. And last season, I guess I was a, I was just a bit disappointed at, at how tough Town seemed to, to 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 find it to keep a clean sheet. So that's clearly something that's improved again this season. Um, new personnel at the back, I guess fewer injuries makes a big difference to that as well. More consistency, but certainly an, an obvious improvement this season. Is that defensive uh, improvement? Because it's something we've touched on across the season, Lewis, because it's evident. I think statistically it was the worst defence in the Championship last year and it's certainly not the case now. Um, obviously, we've got Matty, Tom, um, Levi, who's come in, Lee in goal. So the personnel's completely changed at the back, but also the system has changed. The, the way we choose to defend them, it's, it's not so man-to-man anymore. It's it's a, a little bit more lower block and, and things like that. Is, that. is that what's all behind how our defence has changed and why we're a bit more solid this season than we may have been last year? Yeah, I mean, last season was was great football to play in. I mean, we were very expansive, played out from the back of the defence, which against very good teams, you get opened up and you've seen that against Norwich, against Bournemouth last season. We, we conceded quite a few goals and like you said, we were the worst defence in the league, but we've obviously gone away from that as a whole squad, the coaching staff, the players. Obviously, the new additions help a lot, but We've, we've changed our ways and we've focused on the things that we needed to improve on. And as you can tell, we have been focusing on it hard and we have been improving on it very well. I like, yeah. I like the fact that I was uh, tiptoeing around it a bit, you know, worried that I was going to get some stick if I was too harsh and, you know, saying it was, it was tough to keep a clean sheet. And both of you have just come out and said the worst defensive record in the league. So I'm starting to realise that yeah. you guys just say, you, you guys just say it as it is. Uh, and that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, you've got to be honest in this game or you won't, you won't get anywhere, to be fair. So We are a Yorkshire club as well, Ali, and we, we don't dance around things here. If, if the statistics the way it was... Uh, that's the way it is, and, and as, as Lewis says, you don't get anywhere hiding from anything, and, and it's you know it's a huge positive for us that 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 is no longer the case. Yeah. So I think we say it as a positive 
uh, as a reflection of how well we've improved rather than wearing it as a badge of honour or anything like sure. that. Um, yeah. Sort of, Lewis, for you this season, obviously um, the new contract to start the year and, and your form um, and how you're, you're, you're playing positionally and things, you, you seem to be a little bit more box-to-box box and getting forward. And, and there was a few times in the second half against Peterborough where you would you'd make a darting run and, and you'd be the one that would play the pass out wide. Is that something you're enjoying this year, the fact that you've, you've got licence to, to roam and, and as well as doing your hard work defensively with Hoggy or, or with Alex or, or with Scott, as the, the case was in the second half, you, you still have that ability to go forward and join in the attacks? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've changed system a lot and players and personnel and positions change. So I, th- I think at the start of my career, when I was at Bradford in the first season at Huddersfield, I played a similar role to what I'm playing now. So it's it's very comfortable for me to play uh, a role like this. But Carlos has been very um, certain on trying me to get in the box and trying to create attacks. So when we do get forward, I, I do uh, consciously think about trying to get forward and trying to get into them ending positions to finish the attacks. Ali, for you, when you, you see a player like Lewis, who's, who's obviously one of the, the stronger midfielders in the division, um, and he's so sort of expressive in the way he plays, is that a real um, sort of asset for a club as Huddersfield, who are, who are now looking towards the top of the league, to having there a, a player as dynamic in the midfield? Because it's they're few and far to come between, and for us to have one that, that we've had created from our own academy, mm. that's a real positive, isn't it? Yeah, you're so spot on there. And there are certain things that are easily recognisable in players from, you know, even if you're trying like we are to cover 72 teams and you're watching as many (laughs) highlights as possible, but maybe you're not always seeing full 90s and and you don't know the ins and outs of every single player. There are some players that stand out because of their technical ability. So in a highlight, they might stand out because they've made a really good forward pass or or whatever that might be. And there are so many other parts to being particularly a central midfielder and a a very good all-rounder and effective central midfielder in the modern game. And I think Lewis uh, does stand out in the highlights because of the way that he carries the ball, because he's an offensive threat uh, and and he plays good, you know, penetrative forward passes as well. But I know from from when I have watched full 90s and when I've kept a close eye on Lewis, because he's someone that we've tracked um, ourselves ever since he was on loan uh, in League Two is uh, with Bradford City is is the energy out of possession, um, the absolute desire to, to win the ball back and not not pressing for pressing sake and not diving into tackles and getting beaten and leaving your your, your fellow midfielders exposed, but always doing it in the right way, using that that natural stamina and energy and speed across the pitch. I mean, that is, in the modern game, probably more important than ever. The speed of the game is, has improved, uh, has, has quickened so much over the last 10, 20 years, and, and that's clearly now an even uh, bigger attribute. So I think the thing I've always liked about Lewis um, in the last few seasons is how he's kind of system-proof in, in, in being such an all-rounder there's a space for Lewis in any midfield, uh, whereas there might be certain midfielders who you wouldn't trust to play in a two, or there might be midfielders who you think actually in a three we could probably uh, we could probably spread out the qualities of the yeah. other midfielders, and we wouldn't necessarily need that guy. Lewis is is system proof; he can play in any midfield, and and that is that's just such a valuable thing. There you go, Lewis. That's that's worth your time on coming on just to hear that, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, it's not bad, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it? And I think it's it's all it's all true as well, but. For you, Lewis, is, is that something you're you're consciously aware of bringing into your game and, and stuff you work on? Because when we speak to other lads and when they talk about the energy and the work rate, especially the 
the hard work that Carlos expects from you guys, they all say this is the fittest I've felt. This is the you know the most intense I've ever played. It's not quite on Lewis O'Brien levels, but that's the that's the line we get from everyone. Is that something you're aware of? No, I 100% agree with with everyone that says it. I mean, I'd I'd say exactly the same. I'm I'm the yeah. fittest I've ever been, and there, there's things in the background which you look at and. You probably weren't the best at maybe last season. My nutrition probably weren't the best and the club have brought people in to help us with that. And it's just the little things, the 1%, the 2% that make you even better than what you were. And personally, I look at every game back as, as detailed as I can on myself and try and improve day to day on everything that I can. Yeah, I think that that's um, that's honest. I think the, the the reflection on how you know the club supports and everything is 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 true as well because we see it here at Canal Side the, the nutrition you guys get the meetings and, and prep you guys get is all sort of first class and, and couldn't be more detailed could it Lewis? No, I mean the the chef, the nutritionist from every every member of staff that we get analysts, everyone. I mean they go into as much depth as they can with everything and they make they make the best possible opportunity for us to uh, to thrive every day. Yeah. Um, Ali, if we, we take the opportunity to just cast our, our eyes forward to, to the weekend and Cardiff, you were speaking of sides who were struggling and on, on great runs and, and Cardiff, it's, it's fair to say, unfortunately for them, are, are one of them. They're in a, a holding pattern at the minute between managers. They might hold on to who's in charge at the minute or they might hire from outside after Mick McCarthy's left. Could you just give us a bit of a, a lowdown and an overview of, of what we've to expect from them and, and what position they're in at the moment? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, they're, they're in a, a very, very low place right now. Um, even having um, moved on from, from Mick McCarthy, um, I think the the first game under Steve Morrison was last weekend against Stoke City. Steve Morrison, a, a lot of the, the viewers and, and, dare I say, a lot of the players will remember probably having played against when he was playing up top for Millwall uh, when they first came up to the Championship a couple of years ago. An absolutely formidable competitor uh, of all the people I've worked with in, in football media. He is probably the one that I am most scared of having met in the flesh. Um, so in, yeah, in a sense, leather off a of football, that man, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he also, but he's also not afraid to to say it how it is and, and in, in fairly strong words. And I, I wonder whether that was uh, maybe a, a, a different, you know, a different voice in the dressing room might've helped um, uh, in their comeback against Stoke because they were desperate in the first half. They were three nil down. It was more of the same. You know, they'd lost eight games in a row at that point and they were three nil down um, just after half time. And I mean, whether it was Cardiff suddenly turning it on, whether it was Stoke City's sloppy mistakes, Michael O'Neill certainly put it down to the latter. There were some pretty glaring individual errors at the back for Stoke. But in fairness, Cardiff did come roaring back and in Kiefer Moore and, and a, a youngster called Mark Harris who came off the bench and brought amazing speed in behind. Um, they kind of exploit, exploited Stoke's very high line. They came back and drew that one three three. And I, I guess at that point, you think, naturally, can we use that amazing second half a point that we certainly wouldn't have expected uh, when we we're 3-0 down can we use that in the next game we're going home in midweek we're playing against QPR a good side but we shouldn't be scared of them this could be the turnaround and actually they were very poor last night uh, in defeat at home to QPR uh, the, the goal that they conceded you know for a team that likes to sit deep um, that plays with three centre-backs and two fairly defensive-minded uh, midfielders in front of them for a, a straight ball from Dozel, the, the QPR midfielder, to go straight through the heart of their back line along the ground into the feet of Andre Gray to, to turn and finish. was it's, it's 
it's indicative of what they've been like over the last 10 games or so. So it's just one point in 10. That's about as bad as it gets. And uh, to an extent that that means it's a good time to play this Cardiff side because perhaps in, in future weeks they might improve. But maybe this is the point that they do improve. Um, that's got to be the worry. And I suppose that's why you have to prepare for this game in the same way as you would if you were preparing to play against Fulham or uh, or Bournemouth. Having said that, in terms of style of play, very different to, to those two sides. Actually, if you just look at a formation on paper, um, not too dissimilar to the way that Huddersfield Town play, that they'll play three at the back. Um, they'll have wing-backs, they'll have uh, two central midfield players, more defensive-minded um, probably, certainly, than than Lewis. And they'll, they'll have two sort of inside forwards in the or, or wide players behind Kiefer Moore most likely up front so uh, shape wise it's similar the interpretation is is slightly different um, I know that the, the Huddersfield back three are certainly very comfortable on the ball I know you've said you, you mix it up a little bit this season you're, you're more comfortable going long rather than always going short but you certainly be more likely to see Colwell, Lees etc uh, passing it between themselves and waiting patiently for for good forward passes uh, into midfield or out wide than uh, the Cardiff centre-backs who are, who are most they kind of treat the ball like a hot potato and that they will try and hit um, key for more pretty early on so um, it's it's not a new threat uh, at this level, you know, I know um, Huddersfield have played Millwall, they've played Birmingham this season. Uh, those two sides are a lot better at, at doing what they do than Cardiff City have been recently. But that's the sort of um, aerial threat that you'll have uh, defending your your box, your six yard box, the penalty spot area will be absolutely crucial. Um, and also similarly to Huddersfield, I was trying to think about sort of key players, key threats for them. You know, you guys have got Sorba Thomas uh, creating just an insane amount of chances from out wide. And I would say Cardiff's equivalent is Ryan Giles, uh, who's on loan from Wolves. He's a, a small, very, very speedy left-sider. Uh, he's been playing left wing back the last few games. So he's 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 running deep with the ball and crossing his delivery is absolutely excellent. Uh, and up front, you know, you've got Kiefer Moore up top, who uh, I think him and Danny, Danny Ward are doing both doing a really good job at the moment, probably underrated with what they're doing uh, out yeah. of possession and in hold-up play, maybe more so than goal scoring. But, you know, just a, a word of warning is seeing that that Peterborough goal um, from midweek, that was a, a left wing back whipping in a really good delivery and a, a tall striker pinning himself at the back post and using a bit of strength and a bit of nous and heading home. So that's basically Cardiff's key threat for me, Giles crossing for more. So, uh, the, you know, that that's, from, from my eyes anyway, got to be an area of focus for, for Huddersfield when thinking about Cardiff's threats. But I would expect you guys to, to dominate possession and, and hopefully be able to play through Cardiff. Um, they haven't been that well structured defensively recently. That's a, that's a great preview, Ali. Thank you very much for that. Um, Lou, I'm going to throw a couple of stats your way. Obviously, Ali, Ali's just been through uh, Cardiff struggles at the minute. But uh, historically speaking, we've not been to Cardiff and won since 2001. Um, and yeah. the, other, the other statistic for me is, Earlier on in this season, we had Nottingham Forest at home and they hadn't won yet this year. Um, but we, we lost 2-0 on that occasion. So we know how dangerous teams can be when when they are on a bad run and when they're desperate for a for a result. I know you the the, the prep we'll have put in is, is as detailed and as an intense as we will have done for any other game this season. But how do you guys you sort of approach this sort of task mentally, knowing that Cardiff will be wounded knowing that they are going to be tough to break down and they will be desperate for a result before the international break. Yeah, I mean, you both said it perfectly. Like, you come into games like this and they're probably one of the toughest games that you're going to face. We 
we had exactly the same thing at, at Forest, where where they're in a similar position now, Cardiff. They're on a losing streak. They're they're in the process of like changing managers, and it it comes to the bit where every player is going to play the hardest to to impress either the current manager or the new manager coming in. So I think it is probably the toughest test you will have as as a team because teams that are playing well, you know they're going to be playing well. But it's kind of an unknown what's going to happen uh, on Saturday for Cardiff because they're obviously a very, very good team and a very massive threat, especially, as Ali said, from... Um, set pieces and crosses and we've got to have to concentrate as hard as we can to try and get the three points from it. Excellent. Well, I think that's a, a, a good uh, a good place to leave it and um, hopefully we can we can talk on extra time after that Cardiff City game um, on Saturday and, and, and look back on a, on a positive result. But Lewis, thank you very much for, for taking the time on, on your day off. Ali, thank you very much for no, joining no us. For the, Ali, thanks very much for joining us for the first time. Hopefully you'll, you'll want to come on again at some point down the line. And uh, thank you again to uh, Sportsbro for sponsoring the show.